Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. We mustn't pray in, in out of fear because of we're worried about things. If we do pray out of fear, it's okay. God loves us. He accepts us. It's fine. But there's probably little faith in that because faith, uh, f- fear can kind of neutralize your faith. So I want to talk about, just talk about a few things um, regarding prayer. And then we're going to spend some time um, praying together. And, you know, let, let me just say, like, when we pray, we're often just coming to God with our shopping list. And, um, you know, and it's like, Lord, this is everything that I want to pray for. Now, what? There's nothing wrong with that. But what is the flaw there? He knows already. But you only, uh, that's also good. But you only know what you know. So it's like you, we're praying from our human limitations then. Whereas that's why it's so good to pray in the spirit and then come and go, okay, God, what should I pray for? <laughs> and then he's like, you're praying for peace in the nation. And he's like, uh, no, that's not what you should be praying for. You should be praying for this. And then it's like all of a sudden, oh, wow, um, you know, there's a different path to take. Um, you're praying, oh, God, like, please protect me or, or help me not to whatever. I don't know what you're praying for. But it's like sometimes it's just directed at what we think. And it's not at what God thinks. And the, the, the verse in um, Romans chapter 8 says, you know, that the Spirit helps us uh, when we don't know what to pray. So that's when we're like, okay, Lord, show me what I should pray. Then you flip into tongues and then, you know, understanding comes in your mind. You, knew, you know things that you never knew before. And then it's like, now I know how I should pray. And, and so, I mean, even in our Tuesday prayer meetings that we have every Tuesday from 2 to 2.30 um, online, uh, um, and anyone's welcome to join. But, you know, in those meetings, it's more like a, we pray in the spirit. We might be addressing something that we know carnally or naturally. But we're like, Lord, what should we be praying for? And then verses will come up and think we match things together. And it's like the Spirit together then makes a tapestry almost of different thoughts that come from different people. And you can often see a common thread. Sometimes you see that someone wasn't in the Spirit and an idea came forward. But it's like we're all learning and we're all growing. And that's fine. But the point is, it's like, you know, we, we're going for it. We're not holding back. Um, so turn with me to First Timothy chapter 2. And I want to just look at a couple of things here because I think there's a lot of misconception about like, how do we pray in a situation like this and what do we pray for? And you know, while, when, while you're getting there, 1 Timothy chapter 2, you can use whatever translation you want. I'm going to uh, stick with the King James and explain a few things from there. But I think the, the, the problem is, is like we, we look at a nation in turmoil. We look at things that have been happening. And if you don't know uh, 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 for... for um, if you think it's not that bad, then you, don't, you haven't been seeing. I haven't seen any of the news, maybe just a few things, but I'm hearing more personally from people. And uh, that's, that's enough to know what's going on and that, that it's quite bad. And, uh, you know, what do you do in that situation? Because from the circles I come out of, it's like pray for the peace of the, the nation. How does that work? <laughs> Let me just ask the question. I hope someone's challenged, even if it's online. How does that work? Let me ask that question. Praying for the peace of the nation. Now, like that's one of the things I've been saying in my devotions this week is that that's a very selfish prayer. Because you want peace. 
But a lot of people who are going to hell because they don't have the Prince of Peace in their heart are all of a sudden like you want them to be peaceable so that you can be at peace. So what are you actually praying for? Like, we, like as believers, firstly, we, 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 we've got to keep eternity in mind with things like this. And so that, we've got to pray from an eternal perspective. But then, obviously, we don't want violence and things like this. So what is the answer there? And the answer isn't just praying for their salvation. A lot of them are saved, so it's not something that hasn't gone down to the heart. They're not living in, in, in the reality of Christianity. So, you know, there's, there, 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 there isn't just a, you can't really just pray for something. You can, because we've got authority, we see it in heavenly places, so, so we can do something, but whatever we do from here is going to be kind of temporal, <laughs> because the individuals have a free will, and even if you get, like, you, you pray confusion to the enemy's plans or whatever you're praying, like, how long is that going to last until their free will kicks in over your prayer? And then you're pray, pray, playing a game of, um, let me be careful with my words, um, or not, charismatic witchcraft, where you're, you're trying to override other people's wills. That's what it is. If you're trying to pray against someone else's free will, it's like, it's control. We can't do that. So what do we pray in a situation like this? You know, how do we pray? It, it, it's important to realize that we've got to keep the main thing the main thing because you can pray and bind something and whatever and then there's peace for a moment. And I've, I know of testimonies like that. I've seen that. I've prayed things like that. But it's temporal. Then what? Then someone needs a heart change so that they can have a life change. Then we need the Spirit of God to work in someone's heart so that there's something else that happens, an overflow. Okay? And so, you know, praying for someone's salvation is good, but, you know, you've got to go. <laughs> you've got to do something. Someone's got to do something. So you pray for the, the Lord of the harvest to send laborers, as, as, as Jesus said in the gospel. So you're praying, God, send people, not to feed people. Send people to minister to people. Because food is a band-aid on an amputee. <laughs> we need, a, we need a, a stronger solution to the world's problem. And so when we're coming into a prayer meeting like this, where we are maybe not directly affected here in Cape Town, you know, what we're doing is like we can't go out on the streets here and, and affect change in, in Durban or Gauteng, but we can pray. We can pray for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ there that they would do something effective there, and we can do what we can do. But when we're coming to prayer, we're not just seeking to pray according to our natural knowledge, but we're saying, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what I should pray for, and then the big one, give me a strategy. Show me what we should do. Because uh, uh, you know, Etienne said a couple of things this morning. I can't remember how you said them, but you said them beautifully in the sense of, like, we've got this authority. We've got this power. What is it for? It's for times like these. And so let's wake up and go, okay, how do I use what I've got now to do something? And, I mean, when I've been praying, praying through this the last uh, week or so, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's been interesting because you want to make a big change but God keeps reminding me that you can't do everything. You can only do something. That's why it's the body of Christ with many members. And so we need to kind of realize that, yes, it, the task is big, but you can do something. Everyone, every believer can do something, even if you're not there. And so that's kind of what we've got to realize. And then it's, okay, God, show me what is it. 
Okay, and we'll, we'll go through 1 Timothy 2 now. But, you know, on Sunday, uh, last Sunday evening after um, online church, I, I was uh, doing my devotion for the next day, and I kind of was stuck. I didn't want to do Ephesians. So I got into something else, and then it was like, wow, okay, this isn't what I knew what I've been doing. And then the next day, it was the same story. Same tune, but different, different story to what I'm used to. And it just kept going. And then I realized what's actually going on in the country. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is actually speaking to the, the situation. And it just kind of kept going. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, I'm having more responses and more people engaging on this than usual. So I've hit a nerve. Stick with it. And, uh, 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 and then it was a case of, you know, Tuesday's prayer meeting was amazing. We had them in the morning, I kind of felt stirred up to speak on a few things and, and then pray into certain things. And, and then we got a word from um, our sister church in, in Zimbabwe from a pastor who has in the past year, you know, she's been retrenched and, and, and she's been going through a difficult time. So that, that blesses me that she gave this word. And the word was, she sent me, a, a, I might play it just now, might not, I don't know. But the, the, she plays, the, 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 she sends me this voice note and she says, you know, um, the Lord's given me a word for you guys, and it's love, L-A-U-G-H. And then she cracks up for like 10 minutes, and she's just laughing. And like she's ministering in between some, some, sometimes and saying a few things that are awesome, but the whole thing was like, don't be moved by fear. You're, you're bigger than this. Laugh at the devil's plans and the strategies. And so, you know, that was such a great reminder that for us as Christians, we have to see where we're seated to be able to deal with these things. You know, not, uh, well, I think the, the country's going to the dogs now, it's time to leave. You know, um, if all the Christians left, it would be bad. <laughs> and then, you know, other countries would have to send missionaries here. But it's like, we're here, so we get a chance to be part of the chain. But it's a case of, what should I do? How can we do it? So, First Timothy chapter 2, let's get there. It says, I exhort thee that first of all, Okay, and I want to pause there and say, first of all, this is showing priority. Okay, and then he goes on to talk about how we should pray. And it says uh, uh, that, um, let me read it. It says, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, I like how he says that because he's saying it's a priority that you pray. Okay, but because what is prayer? It's relationship with God. What is prayer? It's... um. It's dialoguing with God, not one-waying with God. It's a, it's a dialogue. You talk, he talks. So it, it is a case of show me what I should pray. Show me what I should do. You know? The prayer for um, uh, most of our prayer shouldn't just be conversation. It should lead to action. In a sense of, you know, don't just someone's going through a rough time. You pray for them to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. It's a case of, God, how can I comfort them? The comforter lives in me. What should I do? You know, someone's going through a rough time. What can I do, Father? Show me. And it might be practical. It might be just a, a word of encouragement. It might be nothing. Just keep praying for them. Whatever it is, though, we have to be prepared for action, not, like, not just um, uh, hiding behind the, the, the Christianese of I'm um, praying for you, but actually doing something with it. And in a situation like uh, 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 we're facing in South Africa, it's the same story. So he says, first of all, which is a priority, priority to pray, not just for yourself, but for all men. Okay. Priority, not just to pray for yourself, but for all men. 
And it's already come up, but we need to ask us, are our prayer times self-centered or are they focused in on others in an eternal manner? So, you know, uh, uh, we might be praying because, you know, we life but are we praying so that we can see people in heaven with it you know and and you know praying for for god to save someone is isn't a good prayer because he's already done what he can do he sent jesus and then jesus commissioned us to do what he can't do which is preach the gospel and so now we've got to do the the that work so that's why we have to pray like paul uh, requested pray for opportunities to preach the gospel Pray that I'll be able to reach people. You know, we need to, we need to put feet to our prayer and we need to, to, to do something, not just hide behind a, 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 in a prayer closet. Hey? So pray for all men, it says. And then it goes on in verse two, for kings and for all that are in authority. I like this, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, it's sad to say that in a lot of the body of Christ, um, the focus is, 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 is self-centered in the preaching, in the prayer, in the everything. And there is a large deficiency in praying for um, anything that doesn't really directly affect us. But this is even saying, pray for those in authority, kings and all that, that for a purpose. Okay? Pray for leaders. Pray for governments. Okay? But there's something in you. What we should pray for and why we should pray. Okay? First of all, why? There's a, there's a reason in there. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Okay? So this might seem self-centered. Because the gospel is about you as well. But this might seem self-centered, and it's not. But here's the reality. In times of war, it's, uh, it's more challenging to preach the gospel. So that's why you want peace in your nation. That's why you want peace where you are. is because it's a little bit more challenging to travel when there's war. It's a little bit more challenging to actually do what you need to do. It's like COVID at the moment. It's not a war per se, but it is pretty much a kind of like a, a, a demonic attack on the world because it's just shut down travel for one from, from uh, people being able to go and minister. You know, uh, 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 we're not allowed to, to gather. And I'm not saying that that persecution, like a lot of uh, people are saying, but what I am saying is that it just does challenge us. It affects us. We have to find creative ways to do things. And so it's good to pray for our leaders so that we can live a peaceable life. Okay? I like how the, so that we can preach the gospel. So there's an outworking of purpose. The Message Bible says this, Pray especially for the rulers and their governments to rule well so that we can be quietly about our business. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, we need to be about our father's business. So you want to be able to just go for it without restriction. Okay? You know, okay, then it says um, we have to ask ourselves, what should we pray for? Okay, what should we pray for? So it's praying for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, in order to know what we should pray for for our leaders, we have to look further in this passage to understand that. Because <clears throat> where, where does your wisdom come from, Mr. and Mrs. Christian? Spirit of God is a verse that says in the, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I think, verse 30. 
I'm not going to give it away, so someone will have to look it up. Not because I don't know what it says, but because I want you to do some work. <laughs> and I hope I got the right reference. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm the one who has to do some work here. Chapter 1, verse 38. Have you got it there? Is it the wrong verse? The right one. What does it say? So where's your wisdom from? Who is your wisdom? Christ Jesus. Okay. An unbeliever can't have true wisdom. So what good is it praying for an unbelieving government to have wisdom? Nothing. And yet that's how the, the church prays. I've prayed like that. So we, we need to change our prayer. What do we pray for kings and for all who are in authority? Wisdom is a self-centered prayer because you want them to rule you well. But you're, 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 not long, you're not seeing the bigger picture of eternity because if they receive Christ they, and, and they start to live in the knowledge of that, then what? They're going to govern diligently with wisdom. Now, it seems like a lot of our governments are born again, but there might be a, just a disconnect between that and then action. For a lot of them. The same thing that I believe a lot of people in the nation seem 70% claim to be Christian, then there's a big problem because is it only 30% who are causing problems? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. But the point is, is there's a disconnect between salvation and uh, 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 the life, of, the Christian life. So, so you, you're not just praying, you know, and, and looking for opportunities to see people saved, but you're praying and looking for opportunities to help them come to a knowledge of the truth and in discipleship. And that's what the, the scripture says further down. So it says, for, we're praying for kings and authorities. For what? For all who are in authority. For what? Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Okay, the word for there can also be put uh, as a because. So we're praying for kings and for all who are in authority because this is God's will. And it goes on to explain what God's will is in verse 4 which says, God will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. It doesn't say that his will is that the president would have wisdom. It says that the president would have Christ and live like it. Now, I'm not commenting on the president by saying that, <laughs> our president. I'm just saying that's how government should, uh, uh, that's government would change. That's how the nation would change. Is people receive the gospel of peace, then it changes their hearts, they have the Prince of Peace ruling in their heart, and now, as a result, peace reigns in a nation. How does a nation change? The gospel. People receiving the gospel, hearts being transformed by the gospel, and then the nation changes. Okay? It doesn't change through prayer. Prayer is maybe a part of that leading to it, but it's not going to happen through a million people getting together to pray for the nation. It's going to happen through a million people getting together, praying themselves up to go out and witness so that other people receive Christ, and then they, they're discipling those people to come to a knowledge of the truth. Let's look at the next verse. It says, or that verse, it says that God's will is that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So salvation is not enough. Africa has been over-evangelized. There's still more work to be done, but we need more discipleship into truth, not just discipleship into religion. 
You know, Nadine, you brought an amazing word this morning. I think it was you, right? From uh, Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I mean, yes, that's a personal invitation to you not to be burdened and all that. But in context, it's uh, uh, speaking to the religious, saying, hey, you're burdened under the law. A uh, uh, message Bible puts it beautifully. You're burdened under the law. Come to me and learn the, the, uh, the, the, the rhythms of grace, it says. That, that's that's how, how, how we don't live a burdened life. And, and uh, 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 you know, if I think about KwaZulu-Natal and how many Christians, you know, for, for, for years I've been, been irritated. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. But for years I've been irritated <laughs> because, this is one of the things that irritates me, because, <laughs> we'll talk about the rest of them later, but because... Um, it's like there's just so many churches on so many corners. And it's like, God, I don't want to plant another church in South Africa. Yeah, I know that there, there aren't churches that I might want to attend. <laughs> and so there is always a reason to plant another church. But I want to see the unbelievers come to Christ. And there are unbelievers here, but they are the minority. They're growing maybe, but they're the minority. Yes, truth needs to get out. But hey, in places like Pakistan... In Istanbul, uh, Turkey, and in the Eastern Europe, it's a big problem. You know, you go to Albania and you, you kind of experience a godless culture. And you, you like, that's when I started getting irritated. When I, I realized what a country is like, which, which hasn't had um, predominantly Christians, which, which doesn't understand what church is. Which, you know, and I'm like, this is actually difficult to minister here, you know. And I remember having to have meetings, like we have, we're trying to reach people, so we have a freedom conference, trying to market it like that. And I had to say, you know, we, as a leadership, had to decide, no worship, have tea and coffee and cake and snacks and cool music playing and people walk in. And, and then the, the local pastor stands up and goes, hey guys, we're going to start now. Thank you for coming. Take a seat. I want to introduce Shane to you. He comes from South Africa and he's going to share some truths with us about freedom. Shane gets up, Shane starts talking about freedom, heals a few people, people get saved. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. <laughs> you can't uh, uh, all of a sudden have a holy moment and worship with a, a room full of unbelievers who don't know what you're doing and why you're raising your hands and, you know, closing your eyes, look like you're tripping out. <laughs> it doesn't work. I'm more excited about that than talk, trying to convince another Christian about grace. I'm tired of that. And that's why if it's upset with something, like, and they're saved, I'm like, ask Etienne, I think I've said it to him this week, well, at least we'll see them in heaven. I'm not going to lose sleep over a Christian getting upset with me. I, I want to reach unbelievers. So if people aren't interested in that, they're welcome to go somewhere where they can be comfortable. You know, but we're, we're going to make sure we stay in a, a level of discomfort, you know, in, in, in grace life. And that's why, one of the reasons why we probably aren't as big as we could be after 11 years. It's our 11th birthday today. Because, because people are like, uh, I've had people tell me, I think you should calm down the way you preach a bit. Because, like, I want to hear a little bit more about, like, prosperity or this or that. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so the reason why we pray is because God's will is salvation and correct knowledge. And then we need to pray in line with his will, not with our will. Okay? Prayer for momentary peace 
or earthly prosperity is not in line with His will. Prayer for momentary peace or uh, prosperity is not in line with His will. Yes, He would want us to live in peace. Yes, He would want us to live in prosperity and be blessed. But is that eternal? No. And so we need to be wise in the way in which we pray. Okay? Verse 4 here in 1 Timothy chapter 2 is the key. This is God's will. All men come to a knowledge of the truth. So as I was meditating on this, you know, and, and thinking about it, and, and I was sharing with Madna this week about, um, you know, I'm frust- I, I've been frustrated and we, we've got plans to uh, hit Eastern Europe and do things and whatever. And I'm like excited about that. I'm like, if our country is, 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 is having this at the moment, it shows you that there's a problem. And I might have to be careful with what I'm saying here, but you know, there's great churches in the country. And if there's such big problems, it shows that those great churches aren't causing an impact yet. Bigger churches than us, I'm saying, with more influence. And so it's like, okay, well, let's do something about that. And let's, let, let, let's put action to our desires and our feet and our prayers so that we can actually start to see change. And it can't be in the white suburban areas where you, you, you're, you're contending with a, a church with great worship music. It's got to be where people actually are, are, are stirring up rioters. It's got to be where gangs are gathering. You know, and, and, and this is the challenge of, as a church, we need to think deeper about less about our comfort and more about the kingdom. We've got to think less about, you know, uh, 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 oh, but I just want a nice, I've had people say this, I just want to have a nice church where I can come with my family and, you know, we can just be encouraged for the week and whatever. And it's like, well, we go find another church because we're not going to be that probably. We're going to, we want to make an impact for eternity. And that means we're going to have to live on a mission. Okay. Then it goes on and says in verse five, there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ. If nothing's blessed you, this will. He's talking about prayer. And he's saying that we should be praying for those in authority with regards to salvation and with regards to knowledge. So we're praying also for direction to be able to help that cause. Okay. And then he says, uh, 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 um, for there is one God, one mediator, etc. Jesus, the man, Jesus Christ. Okay. This is so important because a lot of people, prayer warriors, think that they're the intercessor, the one standing in the gap, when Jesus was the intercessor to end all intercession. Yes, there is prayer of intercession, but you are not the intercessor. You're just exercising authority that God's given you to, you know, to release something over an area or over somebody or praying for wisdom to be able to step in as the preacher of the gospel, the herald, the Bible would call it. Not as the, 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 someone sitting on their spiritual throne and, and all of a sudden, like, they, you know, binding this and doing that. A good example of what I'm, not, what I'm, what I'm speaking against right now is when um, we had uh, in 94, uh, in 93, 94, and we had all the, the movements towards democracy, or probably 1990 even, and you got all the churches get, getting together to pray. And you got all the intercessors praying. It was good. But what was even better was you had the nation's pastors led by uh, uh, Ray McCauley, Raymond. He uh, 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 led a group of pastors with Desmond Tutu and a bunch of other interdenominational uh, uh, pastors to, to get, get uh, the leaders together with the government leaders to put pressure on them to change things. 
because they had influence. We've, our churches are full, and uh, we're putting pressure on you that you have to change things because this is wrong. You know, so, so, so that, that's good. That wasn't just prayer, it was action. But now I've spoken to intercessors who at that time were praying. And they claim all the, the glory because of their spiritual muscles that the reason why there wasn't such a violent transition was because they prayed. And they bound the spirit of whatever violence that was coming into our nation and they kicked it out. And that's why there was the Rwandan genocide because that spirit left our nation and went to another nation where they weren't praying. I don't know what to say about that. I'm going to just move on. But that's just stupid. Plain and simply. Like, like, like the people who, like, yes, the prayers were good. The prayers are help. But, like, don't, don't, don't get weird now. The, the reason why it changed here was because there was prayer and action. Faith without works is dead. So faith, your prayer time, your faith will lead to some fruitfulness. So that's why even when we pray now for a, a bit, we're not just praying, oh, God, please change things. You know, we're not just praying, oh, God, please do something. We're praying, okay, God, we just thank you right now. We, we, please, you know, we, we declare protection over the nation or whatever. You can do that if you want, but God, what should we do? Father, I pray for the Christians in those areas that they wouldn't just be indulging in the relief efforts of uh, trying to feed people, but that they would take every opportunity to preach the gospel and help someone see the eternal truth that they need to see. Yeah, we need, to, we need to do things like that. Pray like that. Anyway, let's keep going here. I've got one more thing I want to say here. Who gave himself, speaking about Jesus, a ransom for all to be, a testi uh, to be testified in due time. Verse 7. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle. I speak the truth in Christ and lie, and lie not, a teacher of the very uh, Gentiles in faith and verity. I got excited when I saw this verse because Paul is saying, I'm a preacher, a herald, you can say an evangelist. He's saying I'm an apostle, <laughs> and he's saying I'm a teacher. In line with what I was saying last week, I think it was about fivefold. So it, 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 there, there's one scripture which shows that he's not just claiming to be an apostle alone, but he's got the fivefold office things working in his life, okay, and, and through him. But the, the thing I like here is it's talking about praying for the nation and praying for leaders and all of this type of stuff. And then he, he claims responsibility in verse 7. And he says, with everything that I'm praying for, I am ordained. Okay, I am ordained. A preacher, an apostle. Okay. <clears throat> you know, uh, ordained basically just saying to set in place. This is, this, this is the, the purpose for which he is uh, 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 sent. To be a preacher, to be an evangelist, to be an apostle. You know, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not to be a teacher. So, so he is there to make God's dream and God's will a reality, which is all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That prayer is not answered through, uh, 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 through prayer alone. It's answered through prayer and then accepting our responsibility in doing it. And then it says, verse 8. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere. So he's, he's not saying we shouldn't pray. I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. We're here to pray. But prayer without correct knowledge is useless. It's, it's a waste of time. So that's why I'm doing instruction so that when we pray, it's useful. It's not just shun dying, shouting at the roof, casting out spirits, 
nothing happens. We go home feeling pumped because we did something. Okay. It's let, let, let's be practical with this. Let's be intentional. Let's be specific and let's see something change. Okay. I will, therefore, that all men, or sorry, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Well, that can be confusing, so I had to study that out a little bit. And I, I wanted to mention uh, this verse specifically because it really blessed me in terms of what James says about the, the prayer of a right, the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We read that the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, and we think that my prayer can only accomplish something if I'm righteous. Amen. You know, but it's not talking about you being righteous in your actions. It's talking about your status with God, your status in Christ. The same thing here. Okay. Now, first of all, Jewish method of prayer uh, in Old Testament wasn't the Western way of praying like it is mostly today, where you're folding your hands or something like this, and it's very reserved. It was rather to hold your hands up and to look towards what the, you know, towards the heavens and to pray like that. Okay, that, and you see this throughout Psalms. It's mentioned a couple times. Okay, it, this is the way that they kind of like showed respect in prayer to God. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so by lifting up holy hands to God or lifting up hands to God, it was a prayer to show God, hey, look, my hands are clean. Okay, look, God, my hands are clean. I'm coming to you as one who's been made clean. I can approach. That was the, the Jewish mindset. So, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's bringing in this idea. It's not a new idea. It's coming from the Old Testament to show that, that you know, this is uh, uh, fulfilled now because you're in Christ. Okay? Because now you're lifting up holy hands because you are holy. So you could take this as, number one, you know, if you are coming with a clean conscience, it's easier to pray. So you need to know how righteous you are, that you have got clean hands and a pure heart. Psalms somewhere says, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Praise God, because of Jesus, I've got clean hands and a pure heart, even if I've botched up. That's why I can approach God. That's why I am in his presence and I don't even need to approach him because I'm there. I can just talk to him. But this also means, you know, now that you have clean hands and you can be confident in your prayer. So it's not, you know, like, like James is a double-minded man. He's unstable in all his ways and doesn't receive anything from the Lord. So in prayer, we mustn't be hoping and a wishing and a praying that it works. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we must be confident that it's going to work. We must be confident that I'm going to pray. And this prayer is, it's not even if God's going to hear this or God will hear this. It's like, it's just a done deal. It's, 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 it's an established fact. And now as I'm praying, I am going to hear his voice because nothing is blocking me from hearing his voice. I am his sheep, and Jesus said his sheep do hear his voice. So I hear his voice, so I'm going to tune in, and I'm going to hear. And all of us are his sheep, and so I expect for everyone to hear something. God speaking to you about you and your, what you can do in this situation, but then even God showing you something that might be part of the picture that will affect the whole body of life. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at 
info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.